You're listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. This is a chronological Bible study going chapter by chapter, discovering Christ in all of Scripture. This is the summary of the book of Genesis. So this book began with man and woman in a perfect creation and ended with a coffin in Egypt, representing how far we have fallen from our original state. The book begins with the introduction of sin into the world and the many attempts of Satan to thwart God's purpose and plan and to destroy his people. But in spite of it, the plan proceeds because although people may plan and intend evil, God overrules for his glory and the good of his people. So even as God was announcing the curses and punishments for the sin of our first parents, he was including hope that a deliverer would come. We saw these scarlet threads as we studied. A scarlet thread is a hint, type, or shadow of Jesus Christ or the Gospel message. And we know the Messiah is in the Old Testament because that was the expectation of the Jewish people, founded on Scripture. We see this in John 1.45. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth the son of Joseph. He also said so of himself. John 5.46 says, If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. In Luke 24.47, after his resurrection, he spoke to the disciples on the road to Emmaus, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Also, Hebrews 10.7 quotes Psalm 40, 6-8, which was a messianic prophecy. Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. So we won't reiterate the scarlet threads again in detail, but just point out some of them, and there are many. So Jesus Christ is in the book of Genesis first as the word of God who creates. He is prefigured by the first Adam, who was of the earth, but he is the last Adam who passes the test. He is the promised seed or offspring of the woman. He is seen in the blood of Abel, by contrast, because his blood cried out for vengeance, whereas Christ's blood cries out for forgiveness. He is the ark of safety and the one door, the only way to enter in and be saved from God's wrath. He is seen in the life of faithful Abraham, He is a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. He appears as the angel of the Lord in Theophanies. He is the sacrificed son, as well as the substitute sacrificed in place of the sinner. We see the Holy Spirit prefigured as Eleazar searching for and finding a bride for his master's son. He stays in the background and promotes the son. He is seen in the life of Jacob, the true Israel. He is Jacob's ladder, communicating between heaven and earth. He is seen in the life of Joseph, and there I found hundreds of points of connection to Jesus and the gospel in that narrative. He is the Lion of Judah, and the surety and substitute for his brother under the sentence of death. So most of the book traces the lives of individuals, namely Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and his twelve sons. We move from a global perspective at creation to the first family, to the separation into believers and unbelievers, inward to the family of Noah, outward again to the global flood 
and the dispersion of nations at Babel, and then inward again to an individual named Abraham, called out of a pagan nation to begin a new nation. Then his family line is the focus of the rest of the book. The Joseph narrative itself takes up 14 chapters. So what can we learn from studying this book of the Bible? First, that people are still the same, even if thousands of years have passed. The problems the patriarchs faced, infertility, family strife, or external enemies are not new, only the details are different. God is still faithful. Nothing in his creation can thwart the plan and purpose he has for his people. Like Joseph said, what they intended for evil, God meant for good. We are given a glimpse of the lives of this one family down to specific conversations, thoughts, and motives. Most importantly, we see God interacting with his creation, slowly revealing more about himself and his plan for humankind, and this is called progressive revelation. The book of Genesis is foundational for marriage and the family unit, civilizations and nations, the value of human life, and the worship of the true God against idolatry. You've been listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and comment. Since Genesis and Job have now been re-recorded, do a search if you are continuing on in order. I have all of Exodus and Leviticus done, and the first four chapters of Deuteronomy, so I will commence with Deuteronomy chapter 5 next. May God bless the study of his word.